Hello world, it's me, Dennis, and today on a conversation with, this is part one of my conversation with Kim Ware. And I found out about Kim through our producer, Renee Jaworski. Renee, tell us about Kim. Well, it's been so wonderful to meet Kim Ware. She, along with Andy Gish, is a co-founder of Kimono My House, which is a virtual concert venue. And I was playing shows there and became acquainted with her. And I learned so much about her through your conversation. One thing I learned is that, like me, she was a girl drummer and then became, like me, a singer-songwriter later. Yeah. Yes. It's so cool. And then she even toured with the Indigo Girls and... It's just so much going on in her life. But one thing that I wanted to talk about is that she has a new record coming out. We learned about her new podcast that we were on called Quarantine with the Good Graces. She also is in grad school. She's taking improv classes. There's a lot going on with her right now. But I loved this conversation and I think our audience is going to love it too. So do I. So we will get to part one of my conversation with Kim Ware after a word from our sponsor. This episode of A Conversation With is sponsored by In Search of the New Compassionate Male. For more information, visit newcompassionatemale.com. This is a song off my last album. It's probably my favorite off the album. It's called I Dropped Your Name.
thinking just to show you that I could. Oh, Kim, where, Kim, where, Kim, where? <clears throat> Hi, Kim. Hi, Dennis. <laughs> All right. Tell me the story of the song. Oh, sure. So um, it's called I Dropped Your Name. And I kind of like that turn of phrase, like uh, at dropping a name. I think it's just kind of funny. Wonderful. Right? It has so many, it has so many meta meanings. It it really does. It's so visual, right? And so I was at a show um at Eddie's Attic in Atlanta about God, it's been, you know, probably four years now. And I just found myself in a very name droppy <laughs> setting. <laughs> And so I just was thinking about it, like after the show, it was a good show. It was like, I won't say the name, but it was like one of my favorite yeah. artists. And on the way home, I was thinking about having been in that setting. And I was just thinking, that's kind of cool, like a drop in a name, like that's kind of cool for a, a song, a premise for a song. And um, on the way home, I just kind of started writing it in my head. Um, it probably started with the first verse most of my songs do but this one because it was all about dropping your name it might have started yeah. with the chorus i can't really remember exactly but but got home pretty late at night and started working on it that night and then finished it a few days later and it was i mean it was largely stream of consciousness really once i just had that initial thought about it being about name dropping and giving up yeah, I mean, it's kind of, I'm it's releasing and letting go. I mean, there's so much. I mean, it's a very rich song. Thank you. Thank you. You had, is that your normal songwriting process? Do you get an idea? Does an idea come to you while you're making dough or, or figuring out something and then something goes and then you start to scribble down? What's your process? I've never made dough. But yeah, well, you know, you know. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I would say that that is somewhat typical. It's usually um, it comes at random times. Yeah. And I'm so happy that we have these things now because oh. I mean, what often happens is like I'm I'm doing something else. I'm I'm dry. A lot of it comes to me when I'm driving, especially. Yeah which, you know, I haven't been doing as much of that because I haven't really been going many places. But I used to, when I lived in Atlanta, I would often drive to North Carolina um, over the weekend. That was um, like about every other weekend I would come here. And that's like a three and a half hour drive. And so often things would come to me during that drive and I would like hum it or sing it into my phone and then take it and, and try to write the song later. Did you have, Kim, when... When and where were you 18 years old? When and where was I 18? I was in Kings Mountain, where I, where I live now, um, in Kings Mountain, North Carolina. And what year was that? Um, that would have been when I graduated high school in 1990, so around 1990. So who were you then? Oh my gosh! So talk different. me, talk to me about her. Tell me, tell me oh about her and, and 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 what what she was into and what, sure. was she part of a crowd or what? Tell me about Kim. Where? Wow, that's what an interesting question, Dennis. And I've never been asked that. Um, so eighteen year old me, very shy, very quiet, very. I've always been a rule follower, but I especially was um around that age, mm -hmm. you know, and that was the age where I'm I'm thinking of that time as being like kind of in between graduating high school and starting college. Right. So 
I was very excited to be out on my own finally for the first time because I was I was pretty sheltered as a kid. Um, I mean, I was really I was pretty innocent, really. Sure. And, um, I was I guess I was kind of like I I don't know that I fit very solid solidly into like one specific group. Like I was kind of a band nerd. I was kind of like a, a sort of a sports like athletic i played yeah. t- I played tennis in high school and I, and I did the band so those that was my kind of extracurricular stuff but i was i was really really into me me and my best friend growing up loved daryl hall and john oates so um i was really into hall and name oates. check your best friend don't drop drop <laughs> oh god yeah donna riley yeah, Donna. Um, yeah, I'll have to make sure that she she hears this. But yeah, we we loved them, so I was really into that. And I just, I mean, I think I was just kind of a, a normal, a normal teenage girl, really, that was kind of on the more like kind of innocent, quiet, um, sort of do good or. Had of you things, had really. you played music? What was on your play besides Hall and Oates? <laughs> what was on your your impetus to music what were what were the things that you were listening to i guess that was the walkman time right i mean that was when when you had the little tape uh, cassette tape because this is pre-internet for all of those all of those children who don't remember before Mm -hmm. the internet happened this was right at the very beginning it was and it was um cds were either had just happened or were just about to happen yeah because yeah so basically my musical taste um was very informed by top 40 um pop music radio like i had not been exposed to much more and in fact um i was really interested in like communications and stuff though so when i did when i went to college i went to a meeting about being a dj at the college station and i remember the um Danny Ling, the music director, um, super cool guy, at, wanted to know what kind of music I was into. And I was so proud to say that my favorite band was Hall & Oates at the, at the college station. And he was like, he was so nice. He was like, um, we don't really play that kind of music. And he goes, and I was like, okay. And he said, we play, um, and I interrupted him to say weird music. <laughs> like what the hell and he just kind of laughed but he still let me be a dj and that opened my eyes to so much like what they called alternative music right and this was this was and so this opened did did you get were you writing music at that time were you writing poetry were you doing anything or or understanding that would you look at 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 kim age today at kim where today and go wow what's that about Absolutely. I played drums in the band at high school. So I was a percussionist Mm -hmm. at that time. And it was probably when I was um, 20 years old. So it would be a couple years when I joined my first like rock band. Um, So that when I was 18, none of that had happened yet. And I didn't start writing songs until I was about 30. Yeah. um, yeah, that was well, you have to have a you have to have a well of life experience in order to be able to want to write something, right? For me, I did for sure. Yeah, <clears throat> certainly. All right, so you joined, and so you were a percussionist in the band, in your first yes. band. Yeah, well, and I was a drum. I got a drum kit when I was sixteen. Um, that was something I got for Christmas, and um, started doing that. I, I learned to play drums by playing um, 
Bon Jovi's Born to Be My Baby. That song is what <sighs> taught me how to play like rock drums. Um, and so I did, I would do that. And like it, when I was in the band at high school, we had a really, a really good band, like the school band. And, mm -hmm. um, every year the, the highlight of the spring concert would be, it would feature the senior drummers from the band. It, um, and we would play this song called song for the young. That's very, it's, it's kind of like pop pop music with like orchestral yeah. you know with like horns and stuff it was it's a it's a really cool song but um we had like the drum set out on the stage and the song was like split into three parts and so one drummer would start the song another drummer would play the middle section and another drummer would play the end so basically my I got drums largely just so I would learn how to, so I'd know how to play the song for the young in the spring concert, you know? And that was, I mean, that was really about it. But then I started playing Bon Jovi and stuff like that. After. Oh, cool. Yeah. And so did, did you notice your personality growing or did you, did you, were you coming out of yourself more and, and getting more involved and engaged as you went from this time of innocence into I did a little bit. I mean, I went to, I left Kings Mountain, the small town where I grew up, and I went to college at um, UNC Wilmington on the coast. And mm -hmm. so that was about, you know, four and a half, five hours away. So I was like on my own for the first time. Um, so I think I did start to kind of develop my personality more, come out of my shell. But honestly, I think when I joined, um, not the very first band I joined, but the the second one that I joined with my he's he's now my husband Mark. Um, he had a band called Tex Fingali, and I um, long story short, I went into a record store once. I was staying over in Wilmington for the summer, and my parents said, "Well, you got to find a job." So this would have been when I was about I was tw about to turn twenty one. Mm -hmm. Went in the record store, put an application for a, a job. Noted on my application that I played the drums because it wanted to know like your musical interests and sure. stuff. That afternoon, my husband went into the same record store to put up a flyer looking for a drummer. And the manager of the record store, which this probably wasn't really appropriate for him to do, but he said, you should, this girl came in this morning, you should call her. And so the rest is history. I joined their band and that really, I have so I owe so much to that experience of playing in in that band Tex Bengali and it only I only lasted with them for probably about a year and a half but I think that if if I had not done that I don't know that I'd be doing this today yeah. either yeah you you graduated from college Did yeah you... I graduated from college in in well 94 and then I went back for two more years to get my teacher certification good so, yeah. so you wanted to teach so your 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 thought processes um, I'm interested in consciousness how do we grow yeah. our consciousness over time awesome. how yeah. do you see yourself at that time how do you, mm -hmm. how did you see yourself and see what what are the limits of possibilities because I talked to many women <clears throat> around the world and the the limits of what a woman can see as possible is different from a white male sees as possible, a black male sees as possible, a white man and the, the white female. But this, what were the limits of the possibilities of your consciousness at that time? Gosh, that's a big question. I mean, at that time, so I ended up, my husband and I didn't actually get together until 
like that was in 93 when we met. We didn't figure out that we liked each other until, until 2003, 10 years later. So I was, I was in a really serious relationship, um, in, in the early nineties and I was very set on, honestly, um, the thing that I thought was the thing to do is -hmm. you graduate from college and then you get married. That is the thing. I mean, that is my mother, secretary, nurse, teacher. That's it. Those are, these, these are the questions. And then you're coming on later in that. Did, did you have any women's studies or any, any consciousness of, 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 of the gender dynamics? Uh, you know, it's not women's studies, but I had sort of un, kind of untraditional, like I always wanted to do whatever the boys were doing. Yeah. Um, I think that's why I wanted to play drums. Um, I was a big, big tomboy when I was a kid mm-hmm. and, um, my mom is amazing and she's got a wonderful spirit and uh, like uh, she's one of my best friends but i mean this but, is linda right uh, linda yeah at the when i was when i was a young kid i mean again i was pretty sheltered and like there were she didn't want me to play the drums because girls didn't do that sure you know i wanted to play sports with the boys and she wouldn't allow me to do that and so i mean there was i definitely felt like there were a lot of things that I wanted to do when I was younger that I couldn't do because I was a girl. And then I had a younger brother and um, like I saw as I was getting older and like when I was a teenager, you know, and I wanted to go out with my friends more and mm-hmm. do more things. And I felt like they were a lot stricter. My parents were on me than they were my brother. <laughs> and that would make me really, really angry. So um, <laughs> I had, I had a lot of that growing up. And then, but I also at the same time, I mean, I, like I said, it was still ingrained in me that you graduate college and then you find a good man and you yeah. marry him. But I always, I was at least aware of um, my aunt, my dad's sister. That's whose house we're staying in right now. She's ninety. She'll almost, she's almost 96. And she never got married, never had any children. Um, she was just a super independent woman, especially for her age. Wow. I don't think I recognized it until I was older. And then it, th- things like that really started to, ha- to be more of an influence on me, if that makes sense. Like, even though it's like, it's from the past, but it's like me realizing that, like, I'm really glad that I had her as an influence, even if it was something I didn't really appreciate or, or even really recognize until yep. I was much older. So, yeah, you win. All right. So you're, you're going ahead, you getting your teacher certificate. What happens next? Oh, I, I never taught. I never used it. So I did that. My, my mother had also always told me that I should get my teaching certificate. So I'd have something, something to fall, to back, fall on. back on the, oh, the fall. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm exactly. falling back. <laughs> but yeah. And so honestly, Dennis, when I graduated, I graduated in 94 with an English degree. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I might want to go into like journalism or something, but sure. more than anything, I wasn't, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to be in the working world. I wasn't ready to decide what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I really liked college and I yeah. kind of wanted more of it. So I was sure. like, you know what, maybe I'll just go back for two more years to get that certificate to fall back on. And I did, but I, I never used it. Yeah. I, um, yeah. When I got, we well, never I, used it in that way. 
exactly. Let's broaden it. Let's That's broaden true. out That's because true. there's yeah. so much of what you would yeah. learn in that. Because I see Absolutely. you as a as a performer. We're teachers and learners. Mm-hmm. We learn and grow, and we move in that. So there is. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a much broader perspective than how we're using it in that particular way. That's true. That's a really good point. Um, and yeah, I. I was really interested in like the the journalism stuff still. Sure. And so that I went in that direction yep. when when I graduated instead of um, going in the teaching direction. Well, but, we're uh, we're in the same field because I did the same yeah. thing myself. So I under I, I understand yeah. that pull of it because it's storytelling. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. You know, and we're telling people's stories. Then yeah. did, did you continue in your music? Then did you do? Okay, so we're looking at like around 96. Sure. So I was still playing drums. Um, I played drums in a variety of bands um, all through the 90s into the 2000s. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And um, I, I still I don't, I haven't played in a while because just the situation we're in sure. hasn't really been conducive to it. Um, but, I, but I love, I mean, the drums are my first love. That's the, yeah. is the rhythm, the percussion, the yeah. yeah. All right. Did you start writing, or did you start playing music and picking up the guitar and yeah, wanting so... to get out there and be in front? Because the drum, I've talked with with Renee uh, Jaworski mm-hmm. about this a lot, and yeah. and the drum, as I understand it, you have to understand. Mm-hmm. I I'm a non musician. I'm an I'm I'm can appreciate but I don't really get a lot of it but from what I understand the drummer is not a front person that there is there is some distance between the front person and the drummer so that takes something to come out into the front right so basically for me um I played in I played in a band with my ex for a while and he was a really good singer and writer um and i got to where i started doing like backing vocals while i was playing drums and occasionally would sing lead i really liked it because you didn't see that a lot and i think i was really just proud that i could even do it that i was able to sing and play drums at the same time and my voice was real he had a very trained voice and mine was really like raw and undeveloped but it was kind of indie rock music and i think that appealed to some people you know and um so that was really my first experience with singing and then over time i would i would play around with his guitar a little bit and i did write i wrote some songs but i i did not at all i would not say i was a songwriter because Mm -hmm. it was just i was just approaching it from a very different um place it was like we would put songs together more based on just kind of like the the sonics of like and just the different parts which is it's just a lot different from sitting down with an acoustic guitar and making up a story you know um but i did a little bit of that and then it wasn't until when i moved to atlanta in 2004 i started playing with a couple of just more like songwriters um like i've mentioned chickens and pigs was one of them and jeff evans and he's such a unique interesting Mm -hmm. songwriter and his lyrics are amazing and so i played with him and then shortly after i also started playing with um a good friend of mine her name is mary o harrison and um or mary o it's it's not it's not like O'Harrison, it's Mary's yes. initial O'Harrison. <laughs> it sounded like I was saying O'Harrison. But anyway, 
she was also a really great writer and really like told really good stories in her songs and i think the two of them just really inspired me to to try to do it and kind of on a whim in i think it was it was either 06 or 07 i went to a big flea market that you they used to have in atlanta the lakewood antiques market and saw an old beat up acoustic guitar for like 70 bucks and i was like i think i'd like to get that and try to write songs and and i did and then i, I by this point i had also gotten divorced and um i wrote a ton of songs like about my divorce just like really really quickly so that's how that started and poured it out all right we'll play yeah. us a bridge sure of something from that time or something that would give us a sense of kim oh. at that time around oh, that time around that sense so then then we're going to take you into the future and into the present so give us something along that line holy cow i don't i wish i remembered something i wrote around that time all right. Um, well, give us something, just something that you prepared, and that will give us a sense because no, I'll, really I'll have everyone, everyone look backward as we're right. looking into the depths of your music. Yeah. So, um, I want to. Oh, there's one I specifically want to save till the end. So I, right. I kind of want to play a a new one. Do it. Um, but it's still me. Was my volume okay on that last? Oh, one? it was great. Okay. Cool. So yeah, the reason I wanted to play this one, um, this one's called Full Moon in Scorpio. And um, it, a lot of my songs, like the, the one I played earlier, I think they start, a lot of them start with the word I. And, and they start with a feeling and they start mm -hmm. with something internal. Yep. And where I'm trying to go and what I think this song does is it establish, establishes a setting at the beginning, um, which is more the direction that I would like to go in. So I wanted to share that one. Go for it. All right. <laughs> There's a snake chasing pack rats in my closet. And I'm afraid if I walk past, I might cause it to get mad, to be bad, maybe wish I never had. Cat chasing blackbirds in my backyard. It gets close, but you know the catch is so hard. It's having fun on the run. Don't belong to anyone anymore. There's a full moon in Scorpio. I think you know what that means. This episode of A Conversation With has been sponsored by In Search of the New Compassionate Male. For more information, visit newcompassionatemale.com.